Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And you are up this week, Aaron. Indeed. What have you brought to the table today? I have brought, I guess, a current event. Yeah. Um, but a sort of series of um, articles uh, and, and resources. So um, 2021 saw the most anti-LGBT laws passed across the country ever. Ever. Uh, and 2022 is continuing that trend um, you know, specifically, there's a lot of anti-trans legislation passed and a lot of laws that would um, criminalize gender affirming care for trans youth. Yep. And I'm going to talk in, in a minute about some of the themes um, from that were named in an article that we read. Yeah. Um, but there's an, also an article on NBC News that reported that as of March 20th, 2022, so not that long ago, right. 238 bills had been proposed across the country in state legislatures and nearly half of those were targeting trans people specifically. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on yeah, with this. Absolutely. Um, and there are, so there are a few themes um, to these laws that James Factor points out in their article, the anti LGBTQ plus bills of 2022 explained, mm -hmm. uh, which was published on them.us. Yep. Um, so those uh, those themes are um, fairness in women's sports, uh, and that's in quotes, right? Because that's not really what it's about, but right. that's what they say it's about. Yep. Um, Anti-healthcare, um, specifically, usually uh, anti-gender affirming yes, healthcare. Or anti-trans um, healthcare, really. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mandated reporting. So that's something that would force teachers and school staff to report disclosure usually of trans identities to parents. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then parents' rights in education, which is really just a fancy way of saying we don't want our kids to learn that LGBT people exist. Yeah. Um, bathroom bills, which would separate facilities in like state um, institutions like uh, schools and, and other things um, based on biological sex. Right. Uh, and then, quote unquote, religious freedom, which is yeah. usually just a way to enforce fundamentalist, conservative Christian values um, in order to discriminate yes. openly against uh, LGBT folks. Um, so, yeah, those are some wide ranging themes. And there's, I think, probably themes within those themes. Right. Of course. Um, that also exist. Um you know, but there are bills like this being brought up in 39 states 39. Um, this year, yeah. according to the legislation tracker on Freedom for All Americans, um, which we also used and, and looked such at. Such a great website and and tool. Yeah. yeah, so such a good resource just to see. They have a map. Um, you can also narrow things down by sort of um, category. Category um, bill, if you will. I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so there, there's a lot to discuss here, and I think we could probably spend hours talking about just <laughs> yeah. one example of these kinds of bills. Um, but sort of as you took all this in and these different resources and articles we read, you know, what did what did you notice as you took it all in? Yeah, it's it's wild to think about the fact that we could like as I was reading um, 
uh, the piece on them that us, it was like, how are we going to talk about this in one episode? Like there's, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, and I think, and that's really the, unfor- that's unfortunate to say and to think about, um, uh, you know, I think first and foremost, I just want to say, I, I, I applaud you. And I thank you for bringing this to the table because I think it's important that folks know that this kind of legislation is out there. It's mm-hmm. happening. It's being proposed. It's being enacted, right, in in states all across the country, right? And so I think we need to know that this is happening, and I'm, so I'm glad that we're sort of amplifying it a bit here. And I think similarly to how we talked about the white discomfort bill in yeah. Florida a couple of weeks ago, it feels like a while ago that we talked about this, um, you know, I know that both of us are so troubled by what this kind of hateful legislation is doing, like certainly to uh, folks from marginalized communities. Um, but I think this kind of legislation has a negative impact on all of us, right? And in, in yeah. our society as a whole, right? So I'm yeah. I'm just really glad that we're talking about this and shining a light on it. And, you know, while it was difficult, I think for me to read through the types of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation that's out there, right? And you mentioned the all the types that this piece highlighted. Um, and then to spend time on that, the, what, the legislative tractor, tracker and to click in some of the links, right? Uh, that uh, were featured in that them that us piece uh, to read some of the legislation to dive into the actual bills and the the specifics behind them and and what's being proposed. I, I, I again, I'm it was difficult, but I'm I'm glad we're 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 talking about it. And so, um, you know, I think you asked what I noticed <laughs> as mm-hmm. I took all of this in, and I think sort of broadly speaking, what I noticed was a pattern, right, or mm-hmm. or a thread, and that thread for me really was fear and hate. Right. Like, I mean, so much of what these bills are and the the language in them and the intent um, behind them is is certainly discrimination. Uh, so much of it is incredibly harmful, um, particularly to folks who identify uh, as LGBT. Um, but I think the thread that kept coming back up for me as I kept reading the the text behind these bills or in these bills was just how much fear and hate has influenced what we're seeing here, right? Yeah. You know, it's I think it's shameful, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the um it's like there's there's a lot of different ways to respond to your own ignorance. Yes. Right? Um you can move towards understanding mm-hmm. or, or attempting to understand uh, or you can move towards sort of shunning and ostracizing people. Yes. Um, And I think that all of this is like taking that ignorance and doing the the latter with that. Yes. And and ostracizing people and trying to um, make sure that they're not as much as possible. Like these, these laws feel like they're trying to make sure that people aren't feeling welcomed in society. Um, Yeah. In so many ways, it's it's creating this sort of culture. It's creating this climate for people um, that just is like, oh, we don't need you here. Yeah, right? I think that's that's what it feels like to me. Yes, which is just um, uh, so ridiculous. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's also hard to wrap my mind around like, what are we supposed to do about it? And so the lot, you yeah. know, there's there's a way to feel sort of futile about it because. You know, I think for the most part, these people don't care what we think. The people who are writing, sponsoring and passing these bills don't care what we think. Um, 
so it's all about sort of getting them out yeah. of office yes. and, yeah. and getting them out of whatever power it is that they hold. Because I think that's the piece, right? Like yeah. you talk about sort of you can go in those one of two directions, right? And, mm-hmm. and we're going in the latter. But it's the fact that for these folks and in this context, these folks have power to do something, right? And they're right. using that and they're sort of walking in that direction and then creating these bills, right? And yeah. sort of making life incredibly challenging uh, and difficult for 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 real folks in their real lives right yeah so yeah um yeah well so um i think this is this conversation is only going to get difficult um from here start but um so i wanted to talk a little bit about texas okay so i found another article called explaining the latest texas anti-transgender directive um that was written by uh aileen boronova Mm -hmm. uh, and published on boston university today um, and so that's where I'm pulling some of these facts from okay. that I'm going to talk about. So the first thing to mention is that they passed a bill last year that went to effect this January that requires school sports to be based on sex assigned at birth. Yeah. So it's troubling. That's terrible, problematic, because it's limiting the ways that trans kids can are allowed to participate in their own lives. Right. right? And in their schools and yes. in, in, in all of that. Um, and then this next part, I think, is wildly dangerous um in my opinion you know which is not to say that the the school sports pieces is um safe (laughs) Uh, right right. like all of these things are are dangerous yes um but there was a directive issue from governor abbott's office the texas governor uh, which required the department of family and protective services to label any kind of gender affirming medical treatment as child abuse right so then the parents are investigated as well as the medical facility where that that child might have received that care yeah um so wild Mm-hmm. And then it also forces doctors, nurses, teachers, and more people of that sort um, to report if they witness gender-affirming medical care or anything kind of close to it right. to the Department of Family and Protective Services. So this it's this horrifying way to force trans kids into the closet, into yes. not being able to live into themselves. Um, and they're criminalizing the act of parenting trans kids. Yes. And then they're forcing people to report that somebody is parenting a trans kid. Right. Yeah. So there's, yeah, they're systematizing a process that will ostracize trans kids and their families. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is already a group of people who, you know, generally speaking, the U S is super rigid about our ideas of gender and so living outside of those that binary yeah um of male or female there's already ostracization happening i really yes. should have worked on uh, saying that <laughs> word before we started today my apologies you're doing your best um and yeah so i, I do want to say there is some work being done to counteract this particular directive and there are a lot of groups um you know who are are saying out loud in statements and in in their own work that this is illegal uh you know the aclu is suing the state on behalf of the first family that's under investigation but it's just um there i think there are historical parallels to to piece to really really terrible things in history to this um and i think that um 
this feels really dangerous in terms of snitching on neighbors to report kids and then you know ultimately what kind of criminalization looks like it right and we think about in our conversations thinking about prisons mm-hmm. thinking about the ways that mm-hmm. things are criminalized mm-hmm. what's the sort of and the way that the punish this is a punishment system right yeah. a punishment oriented system what are the ways that people end up getting punished too and i i think that that's what's you know horrifying is are we going to end up with trans kids and their families in some kind of detention center yeah and then yeah so well, and certainly then that those families would be separated too and there, right. there's an added piece to that yeah because we're already doing that with you know migrants and immigrants yeah. and people seeking um uh you know refugee status Absolutely. asylum here. asylum yeah. here yeah there's so much about what's going on in texas that is really disheartening to say the least and um so i'm glad you brought that example up you know i think about Right. There's two pieces to what you said. You you started talking about sort of the school sports piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And sort of student athletes. Right. And trans athletes being able to, you know, fully be themselves and participate in, in sports. But this piece around parenting I also th- is 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 wild. Um, right. That you can't possibly be a good parent to a trans youth in Texas at the moment yeah. with this. But I also think about sort of the 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 medical side of things, right? Like it's, mm. you, you talk about how it's forcing doctors and nurses, um, well, and teachers as well, right? Um, yep. To report when this kind of parenting is happening, right? And it's like, well, and for when I think about in particular doctors and nurses, I'm thinking about like do no harm, mm-hmm. right? And I think that just violates that ethic completely, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a doctor and nurse, I'm, I'm sort of obligated. I've taken an oath to help this patient in front of me. And so I, I think this, directive is just immediately at odds with that sort of do no do no harm um oath if you will so that i'm really struggling with that i'm wondering uh and i don't know i don't know what's i don't know what's being done out there right um in texas right with our with uh, medical professionals but how are they sort of reconciling their oath to help this young person in front of you uh, with this directive from from um Governor Abbott, who's the worst. Yeah. So yeah, Texas is, is wild. I, you know, there's, there's a lot to sort of think about and break down about all of this legislation. And I think, you know, you mentioned the sports piece and that was one of the things or one of the categories of, of bills, um, that was highlighted in the them dot them dot us piece. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. You, you mentioned in quotes, it was called fairness of women's sports. Um, but it's about m- much more than that, right? And I think it's wild to think about that, the fact that these bills have been around for a while, right? Um, but I think they've gotten some national attention recently, and, and it got my attention too because of the case of Leah Thomas, mm-hmm. right? And so if folks are unfamiliar, Leah Thomas is a transgender University of Pennsylvania swimmer who had some incredible success in some competitions that she recently competed in and folks just lost their mind (laughs) about it. Right. And so the NCAA released a new policy and this policy is uh, confusing and convoluted. And I think what sort of um, critics of the policy change, right. And and advocates for, um, you know, folks like Leah have spoken um, 
very loudly about how this has the potential to really harm trans athletes, right? And it's because it might force trans athletes to medically transition in a way that might hurt their health, right? Mm-hmm. All because they want to follow this policy, right? This policy that makes no sense um, so that they can compete, right? So that they can be authentically who they are and authentically who they are as an athlete, right? I yeah. want to do these things. I want to live my life. Uh, right. But if, you know, the, the, the policy might speed the transition along in a way that um, could really do some, some harm to folks. And so I think that's a real shame. Um, and it's, I think for me, as I was sort of processing it, it was, it's part of a larger picture of one of the most significant evils of these kinds of bills, right? These, these quote unquote fairness and women's sports bills. Right. And, that's the fact that it diminishes the lives and experiences and desires of trans athletes as real people, right? Mm-hmm. Who simply want to and deserve to compete in sports just like everyone else. Yeah. One, it does it in the name of so-called protecting fairness in women's sports, which right. is not like, it's not, they're not doing that at right? all. Yeah. Um, so related to that, there's a, a bill being considered here in Maryland. Oh yeah. Um, that would quote require certain. This is. Uh, let me preface this. Um, the whole like sort of um, summary of this bill um, is sounds very wishy washy to uh, me. Ah. Uh, so it. Maybe I'll talk about that more in a second after yeah. I read it. But it says, require certain interscholastic and intramural athletic teams or sports sponsored by certain schools to be expressly designated based on biological sex. Mm. Um, so I pulled one piece of that. They use certain a lot. Yes. And so I think they are in the bill or defining that more clearly. Um, but in the summary um, of the bill, it was not Um Define all that clearly. Yeah. So, but this fits under one of those themes about yes. sort of fairness, quote unquote, in women's sports. Um, and really, this is it's trans discrimination dressed up as we need to protect women's sports. Hundred percent. Right? Um, and we know that this isn't actually an issue, right? So you mentioned um, Leah Thomas, mm-hmm. and she won, um, but she competed in other things and didn't win those things, right? Yep. So there's not like this, um she must be better than every other single swimmer. Like, you know, she is highly competitive, but lost other things, right? Like there's not this like crazy advantage that she has, um, in, in this, in the competition. Um, and you know, there's no real evidence that any of this is actually an issue for, for athletes competing in in their, uh, in their sport. Um, and protecting women's sports, if that's what they're about, would honestly look a lot different. You know, that would probably look like mm. structural investment in women's sports, Come whether that's now. in coaching or mm. in uh, facilities, which are usually far behind what men have access to. Yeah. Um, you know, this is about making these laws are really about making trans student athletes unwelcome in their exactly. chosen sports by forcing them into a choice to either play for a team that they don't identify with or not play at all. And so this isn't protecting women's sports, but it's about closing the door on trans athletes um, and continuing to create create a hostile environment for trans people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that piece up, too. And we've seen that over and over. I mean, we're right in the midst of sort of March Madness, right? Yeah. We see this uh, with so many sort of um, highly promoted or highly televised sports, right? There's always sort of a, 
uh, reminder around um, how this country values <laughs> women's sports versus men's sports and, you know, where right. the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if that is the goal, right, if we really are invested in this idea of protecting women's sports, uh, I think there's a, a many other things we could be doing uh, to mm-hmm. support women athletes and, and advance those sports, right, and that experience. And this, this ain't it. Absolutely. Right. It's wild to also think about the fact that that's a bill. You just referenced a bill here in Maryland. So mm-hmm. right here at home. I think when I looked yeah. at the tracker, I think there was only one bill from yeah, Maryland. Yeah, this was the only one that uh, for this there year. there are quite a number of states that have uh, many, many more yeah. uh, than just one. But it it was shocking and appalling being a Marylander, mm-hmm. uh, being from here too, that even that this is even. Yeah. It yeah. does. It does look like it's not going to go anywhere. Yes, um, that's a good which, point. Which is great. Um, so I will. I will note that one of the really great things about the tracker on Freedom for All Americans is um, they have a, a column called Last Action. Yep. Um, and the last action for this particular bill, um, which is uh, interscholastic and intramural teams and in sports designation based on biological sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parentheses, save women's sports act. Um, goodness. The last action is unfavorable report by ways and means. Um, so the, that committee in the state legislature filed an unfavorable report about it, um, which likely means that it won't move forward. But this tracker is really great. There's a sponsor list. Yes. You can see every person who sponsored this legislation. Yes. Um, and so those are, um, those are people that you can that if you're like, oh, that's my representative, you can then reach out to them yes. and say, hey, what are you doing? This is not what I want to see. Yes. Um, and there are some great focusing on there are yeah. some great resources on their website about mm-hmm. how do you if you don't know how to contact your representatives, they have information and resources for how to do that. So, yeah, yeah great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so and yes, good to know that that bill most likely is not going anywhere here in the state of Maryland. Um, So we talked about sort of the fairness in in women's sports category, if you will. One of the other categories that stood out to me um, that we read on the Them Not Us piece, you know, that that piece referred to them as an emerging trend in anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, uh, which is wild, Uh, but it's the notion of mandated reporters, Mm -hmm. right? So these... Mandated reporter bills would prohibit teachers, nurses, principals, um, counselors, public school officials in general, right, from encouraging or, quote unquote, coercing trans and non-binary students into hiding their gender identities from their parents. And these bills require teachers and educators to inform parents about this as well, right? So essentially to out students to their parents, right, if that situation arises yeah right and the them.us piece were referenced uh, it's called sb 1045 in arizona as a piece of legislation that's currently in discussion right now in that state to make this law and you know i have to tell you sort of uh, i had two reactions to this one sort of wearing my just human being hat right like this type of legislation just hurts my soul yeah. um to think about right and to to think uh, could be law in anywhere but as an educator right like i think this goes against every sort of moral and professional value that i have as an educator right and i know that's true for so many if not all of us as educators right Mm -hmm. educators care about their students and who they are right and we want to support learning 
uh, we want to support their learning and their development as as people, right? And mm-hmm. so this kind of legislation, I think, just sort of spits in the face of of that, right? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine a student sort of sitting in my office and um, talking about their journey, right, and and what they're experiencing and who they are, needing some resources and 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 having to st- in my mind, you know, or in, in my action, sort of stop and say, I've got to tell your parents, and I've got to do, and I've got to report you, or uh, it's that's insane. And that goes against also sort of, we are mandatory reporters. Many educators are mandatory reporters in so many ways that actually make sense, right. Or, or actually real. Um, mm. and this isn't one of them. So I, I just, I needed to bring it up and I want to talk a little bit about it just because it, you know, I hadn't heard of this mandated reporter legislation. Uh, so it is, is new to me, uh, but it also really just got me. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I think as an educator, you're right. Like, I think this goes against our so many of of the values that, of the educators that I know, right? That we, yes. you know, wouldn't require our students to disclose things. Um, now, we also work with college students, and so there, yes. there is a. I understand there's a different dynamic with working with uh, adults who are uh, students, and 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 there's still an element of of. Um, supporting their growth and development, whatever that looks like in the choices that they're making. Absolutely. Well, I'm just thinking about the fact that sort of our primary schools and secondary schools are a space where a lot of this happens for naturally for, um, LGBT folks. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to, right. And, and, and some of that does happen in college too, but to right to sort of think about the fact that this is happening in, in our primary and secondary schools, um, and, is sort of handcuffing our, our educators in a way and forcing them to make these kinds of decisions really is just appalling. Yeah. And I, uh, one of the tweets that I saw recently, um, was actually before we decided to talk about this on the podcast. Okay. Um, and so I don't, I'm going to paraphrase it and I don't remember who said it. Okay. Um, (laughs) but they said, um, something to the effect of, if you're not creating the environment at home for your trans or non-binary child to come out to you, then you don't get to force them to tell you through somebody that they do trust yes. to talk to about that. Yes. Um, whether that's their teacher or a counselor, a counselor, or a whatever, whatever, whatever person that might be. Um, and that was um, so I think insightful yes. and, and, and perfectly encapsulates, I think, yes. what it is that we're trying to, or you know, uh, what I align with um, more in terms of my personal values, um, yeah, and and values as an educator, right? Um, yeah. So while we're talking about education, okay, um, this whole parents' rights movement is yeah. such a sham. Yeah, um, yeah. Speak on it. <laughs> uh, you know, the idea that I get to dictate what my kid does and doesn't learn in public school is like ludicrous. Yes. Um, like, yes, there should be a process to weigh in on broad curricular decisions through school board, either, you know, public comments, something around that. But absolutely, this is forcing a conservative worldview on curricula. You know, and I'm talking specifically, I guess, about stuff like "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida, which yeah. um, I found uh, something also that I'm going to read here in a second. Oh, okay. Um, but 
an attempt to control it's an attempt to control everything and push us even more toward a fundamentally exclusive country yes where you're only fully welcome if you're white and male and cisgender and hetero and have some wealth or were born here or Ooh. you know all, all of the ways in which people hold power and their identities hold power and the structures and the systems exclude people um and it's just sort of it's reifying all of that yeah oh Absolutely. Right. And again, I think it speaks to going way back to what I said at the very beginning, but this idea of fear and hate, Mm -hmm. right, being a motivator and being this thread. Right. And so, you know, it is absolutely uh, that that is absolutely what's guiding this and is the thread here um, for these folks who, as you say, identify in this way right that is the only way to be and exist in this world and if you're not that then my goodness right wow a word yeah um so the thing the the thing i alluded to um i literally an hour ago right before we started uh recording okay um i saw on twitter that this is allegedly a screenshot of a um an email that a teacher sent to the parents of their students okay um, in this is a, a teacher in Florida. Um, this is uh, I guess I don't know what grade it is, but you know, and I don't really have a way to verify if this is real or not. But yeah. this also shows maybe some forms of resistance that yes. might be starting to take place. So it says, "Dear Florida parent slash caretaker, the Florida House of Representatives has recently ruled that quote classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation." or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. To be in accordance with this policy, I will no longer be referring to your student with gendered pronouns. All students will be referred to as they or them. I will no longer use a gendered title such as Mr. or Mrs. or make any references to my husband slash wife in the classroom. From now on, I will be using the non-gendered title MX. Furthermore, I will be removing all books or instruction materials which refer to a person being a, quote, mother, father, husband, or wife, as those are gender identities that may also allude to sexual orientation. Wow. Needless to say, all books which refer to a character as he or she will also be removed from the classroom. If you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local congressperson. Wow. So uh, this is allegedly, again, allegedly, yeah, yep. an email that is being sent by teachers um, to their parents. And I think it encapsulates one way to show how ridiculous this is and how how much, uh, you know, some small ways that, that people can, not so small, no. um, that people can resist this. Um, because, um, you know, using gender pronouns, assigning people he or she, that is that is a way of, of uh, affirming people's gender identities. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, this is just a, you know, teach to the rule. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, um, well, and again, we don't know if it's we haven't verified it. We don't know if it's true. But I, I, I would lean on the side of thinking that it could be true because I think there are educators, not that I think, I know because there have been reports that there are educators who are 
vehemently against this who are, you know, finding ways to push back, you know, when they're, you know, the, the laws, I forget what state I'm blanking, but mm-hmm. the banned books, states would have banned book policy, right? Like yeah. They are, teachers are out here creating banned book lists, right? Mm-hmm. And sharing them with their students or sort of in, in defiance of this ridiculousness that's out there, right? And so yep. um, that doesn't surprise me at all that a teacher would say, all right, I'm, if, yeah. if this is the policy, then I'm taking it a uh, letter of the law here. Right. Um, and you deal with it. You figure it out yeah. uh, because this is ridiculous. So I love that. I'm glad yeah. you found that. Props to that teacher. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's talk a little bit about how we apply what we've learned here all right. uh, to our day-to-day lives. So, yeah. um, you know, I think the institutions that are in our lives around us, whether they're state agencies or courts or legislatures, or whatever, are literally continuing a turn toward being violent weapons against people Ooh. and you know these in, these agencies these institutions have been instruments of violence for some people since their inception so that's not new but it's they're yes. finding new ways to be violent yes um and so i think the application i th- i'm thinking about is we have to f- find ways to resist this and so yes. if that's you know teaching or working to to the letter of the the law, yeah. um, in that way, and pointing out the ridiculousness of of the the ways that some of these things are, are working, um, that's great. But you know, we're not all teachers in a classroom right, to be able position. to do that kind of thing. So I think we have to be we have to be comfortable with the discomfort of conflict with our institutions. Yes, um, we have to figure out ways that we can make fights ours that don't seem like ours. Mm. So what are ways that we can be accomplices to to other folks um, and listen to what it is that they need in that fight yes. and then do what we can with the powers that we do hold. Um, I think we have to stand up with people. Um, you know, I think we, we have to know what our limits for action are and then maybe push past those, yeah, right? Yes. So what kind of disobedience are we comfortable with? Um, you know, what kind of demonstration are we comfortable with? Um, but this weaponization of institutions is not going away. It's a, a long history throughout um, the history of the United States. Yeah. Wow. And that's some good application. Absolutely. And some good questions for us to consider, right? Um, as we think about what we take away from this. Um, I I think the biggest takeaway and, and application and sort of the most significant impact of all of this is the fact that this is a real crisis and a real crisis yeah. moment in our history, uh, especially and specifically for our LGBTQ plus community, right? And so you you said this at the top, the 2021, we had the most anti-LGBTQ plus bills signed into law ever in this country, right? Yeah. And that's appalling to say mm-hmm. the least, right? You know, we're seeing that these efforts are continuing this year, right? And so I think the application here is the is to think about the tremendous impact that this is having on real people who hold these identities, right? Like to not be able to or to feel safe to live their lives, right? Um, to not be able to learn in safe and welcoming and affirming spaces, right? To not be able to play and, and compete in sports, right? To not get the health care that they need to live and survive, right? I think all of this is so shameful and sickening, right? And so I think my application 
is similar to yours and what you said about we have to make fights ours that don't seem like ours. I think those of us who are standing on the right side of history here need to continue to think about and do what we can to center the lives and stories of these folks right, and fight against this type of legislation at all levels, as you say, stand up to these institutions um, and to ask these good questions. You asked some really great questions there um, because it's it's not going away, right? Um, and so we've got to figure out how we address it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about homework. All right. Um, I think we we have to continue to learn. And, and be paying attention to this war on LGBT folks. Yes. Um, you know, one of the simple ways that I'm going to suggest is to follow the Freedom for All Americans um, campaign on social media. So oh. that's a, the the organization that we we use their legislative tracker. Yes. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. So um, they're keeping track of legislation. They, they're a really great resource. We talked about it earlier. Um but they're a really great way to stay knowledgeable on what's going on. Um, and, you know, this is a, a theme that I feel like I say almost every episode. Yeah. Um, but we have to pay attention to what's happening locally in our states yes. um, and or counties because I think some of this stuff is also happening on a local county level. Yes. Um, and tell officials what it is we oppose. Um, you know, it's an election year this year for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when uh, most... Um, most messages are sent to elected officials, probably. Yeah. I'm making an assumption actually. But um we can't just do it during election year. I think, you know, it has to be consistent, sort of, no, this isn't you're not you're my elected official and official and you're not in alignment with my values. Um and we have to say that to them constantly. Over again. Um and, you know, during election years then you get to Right. Um, as as fragile and as um, imperfect as the system is, you you get to say maybe like, no, I didn't. I don't want you. Yeah. Thanks, um, but no you've thanks. you've proven um, either through your words or your actions that you, you're not it for me uh, and you're not going to take us anywhere we need to go yeah. um, to be more just or um to move toward liberation. Absolutely. You're not it for me or my community, right? Yeah. And my community is uh, big and beautiful full and, f- and full of mm-hmm. all types of people. Uh, absolutely. I love that homework. You know, I had a similar thought about the Freedom for All Americans sort of campaign. Uh, I definitely want to spend some more time on their legislative tracker, and I encourage folks to do that work with us here, right? I I learned so much about a lot of the legislation that's out there in the country, uh, but I didn't get a chance to sort of exhaust that website before today. So, um, but I think the fact that more than half of our states in our country have this kind of legislation on the books right now is wild. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to spend more time there. I want to be able to, I want to know all about it all. I want to be able to talk intelligently, intelligently about it, right, as we continue to do this work. So um, that's one piece of homework. I also want to, I think I, re- I said this earlier, but they have so many great resources on their website as well, mm-hmm. um, right? They have a lot of, like, again, uh, yeah, I did say it earlier, referencing like, how you contact your representatives, right? Um, but they have... Uh, resources for folks who want to support the work of securing protections for LGBTQ plus folks, right. And to sort of advocate for more inclusive and, and non-discriminate 
non-discrimination protections uh, mm-hmm. for those folks. So there's uh, a whole web page with a lot of links, a lot of resources. So uh, I want to check those out and I encourage folks to do that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, one of the things that also came to me is that, you know, we're talking a lot about freedom for all Americans. Um, and it seems like they're a great resource. Um, I don't have anything negative to say about them at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's important to hear stories from a broad spectrum of people. Yes. And so I think the number one ways that we're hearing stories right now are on social media. And so take a look at who you're following on social media. Take a look at what what kind of movies or TV shows you're watching and add in some um, gender identity diversity, add in some um, sexual identity diversity and, and you know, learn more beyond what it is that you already know and take in sort of those experiences and try to feel through those too, because there's a lot of, I think, empathy, empathy that we can learn um, through stories, either fact or, or, you know, fiction. Absolutely. Right. Talking yeah. about the, the humanity that we gain uh, mm-hmm. from those experiences and, and taking in that media. I yeah. love that. Very good. All right, Damien, you are up next time. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? I am up. All right, so I'm going to bring another documentary to the table Great uh, for us next week. Um, and I think we're both really going to enjoy this one, my friend. Uh, it's called John Lewis, Good Trouble, mm-hmm. which is out on HBO if you want to check it out with us. It uh, came out back in 2020, which seems wild. Um, but what is time in this yeah. in this moment? Um I remember it coming out. I didn't think it was way back in like the late summer of 2020, but it was. And I obviously have not had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, so here we are. But I'm excited that we get to do that now. And so I'm going to read the documentary's description directly from the film's website. Again, it's called John Lewis Good Trouble. And I'm quoting here. An intimate account of legendary U.S. Representative John Lewis's life, legacy, and more than 60 years of extraordinary activism. From the bold teenager on the front lines of the civil rights movement to the legislative powerhouse he was throughout his career. After Lewis petitioned Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to help integrate a segregated school in his hometown of Troy, Alabama, King sent the boy from Troy a round-trip bus ticket to meet with him. From that meeting onward, Lewis became one of King's closest allies. He organized freedom rides that left him bloodied or jailed and stood at the front lines in the historic marches on Washington and Selma. He never lost the spirit of the boy from Troy and called on his fellow Americans to get into good trouble until his passing on July 17th, 2020. Um, so a lot of respect for the late congressman here and um, yeah. uh, an, in, uh, an immense, incredible body of work and contribution to uh, the advancement of civil rights and justice for all right and so uh, i'm excited to check out the documentary and learn more about his life uh, hear from him directly and folks around him and um, i'm sure there's going to be lots that we can talk about uh, as we think about the current work that we're we're doing and the current moment in which we live yes absolutely that sounds great um looking forward to watching that next week absolutely all right well we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating, a review, share our podcast with the people in 
your life. Follow us on social media. Uh, sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Uh, your uh, continued listening, uh, you sharing with your friends uh, and family and loved ones and unloved ones and enemies, whoever's in your life. Um, that's the best way that we can um, get heard uh, and and have this um, thing spread. So um, please thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> please and thank you. I love it. Uh, please and thank you. Thank you for listening, folks. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>